0: Hey guys, thanks for swinging by our podcast today. We hope this message leaves you encouraged and filled with hope and that Christ in His goodness is meeting your every need. The Lord, the Lord is doing a new thing. And uh, Wednesday night we talked momentarily. I say momentarily, like 30 minutes. That's a challenge too. <laughs> but uh, we, whenever the Bible says new thing, like, Revelation 21 says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing, right? Isaiah, and Isaiah it is, says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not yet perceive it? Anytime the Lord says I'm doing a new thing, it actually means I'm doing an unfamiliar thing. And so when we say do something new, Lord, we're actually asking him to do something unfamiliar, which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, or something that we have yet to experience for ourselves. And so when we say, you know, be careful, God, do something new in my heart, because when the Lord does something new in your heart, it's never the same thing that he's already done in your heart. It's always something unfamiliar to you. And, and, and it's up to you whether you begin to receive that or not. And it's going to feel weird. It's going to stretch you. It's going to make you uncomfortable. But then I'm going to say this. It's your fault because you prayed for it. <laughs> I mean, seriously. He's just good. He just likes to answer. And so, Lord, do something new in me. It's God, do something unfamiliar in me. And we're asking the Lord in this church, we're asking the Lord, and I love, what he, I love what he did. He surprised several. He surprised Logan this morning too up on this stage. But yeah, I, I love what the Lord's doing. And, and I'll, I'll say this, like what the Lord wants to do here, it, it's not going to look like a mirror image of the church down the street, okay? And it's not going to look like a mirror image of the Nazarene church that some of us have came from, okay? Praise the Lord, Yeah. It's, it's not going to, and there's nothing wrong with what the church down the street is doing. We love them. We honor them. The Lord is using them mightily. But what God is doing here is something very special and something very unique, okay? Like, why would he, why would he call people to sell their homes and move across the country or the state to come here? Why would he ask one church to, to sow their resources? And the Lord is doing something different here, okay? And, and it's our willingness to continue to press into the unfamiliar, is which actually I believe what qualifies us to receive what the Lord is going to continue to do. And so so I'm going to say this, that like, man, let's just hold on. It's like I've got my hands on the reins, but I'm holding on loosely, right? I'm, I'm, I'm riding this horse for all it's worth, but it's just taking me wherever it wants to go. And by the way, that's why <coughs> we sing that, I think in the first song, it said something about the wind blowing and and I, you'll have to excuse me if I had the lyrics wrong, but we are a wind-driven people. We are a spirit-driven people. We're a pneumatic people, if you will, right? And, and, and so wherever the spirit blows, that's where we go. And what the Lord actually does is when the Lord removes our own veils, I actually think this, if we will surrender to the Lord, he takes your veil and and you'll have to excuse this rhyming poetry, but he takes your veil and he turns it into a sail. And so when the breath of the Spirit comes, you understand that like a sailboat goes where the wind takes it, right? I mean, you can try and manipulate, and, but if, if you try to move the rudder and go against the wind, it's really hard to go. And so we just want to be a wind, a Spirit-driven people. And I think all of creation is looking for a church that looks like that, right? That's why in Romans 8 that it says all of creation is subject to futility. Why is it subject to futility? It's waiting for the sons of God to be made manifest, to be made known. And so I'm not sure where that came from. Had nothing to do with what I'm sharing this morning, but that's where we are, okay? So Psalm twenty-seven. I'm actually just going to read the entire psalm, and then I, I'm going to just I, I'm just going to go down through a list of things that I believe the Lord's doing, and, and 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 then I believe the Lord's going to release some breakthrough as well this morning. All right. So Psalm twenty-seven, starting with verse one, it says, "The Lord." I love this, by the way. This psalm, David is in trouble when David writes this psalm. David's life, David's life isn't going so great. He has. He has problems. He has issues. And how many understand life isn't always fair? It's not. It's, it's, It's really, really not. And if we pretend like it is, you're deceived. Sometimes... Bad things happen, and we can't explain why they happen, but we live in a fallen world, right? We live in a fallen world, but praise God that he lives inside of us, and we have a hope living inside of us that it doesn't matter what we're seeing, it doesn't matter what we're thinking, it really doesn't matter what we're feeling or experiencing, what matters is he was once dead, but now he's alive forevermore, right? And so 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 bad things happen the problem is is we get so hung up on all the junk going on that we forget about his goodness and, and like i don't even think like we say he's good or we say stuff god is good all the time all the time god is good we go back and forth in a church setting but i don't think we fully understand the depth of his goodness And so I think that if we don't understand the depths of his goodness, I'm hoping we're starting to get a foundation of this over the last 12 weeks where we were inundated with the song of songs. Because you can't believe that you're beloved if you don't think he's good. We told you last week that some of us, we approach God like we're a dog that has been beat, Right? And it's those dogs that... It's like those rescue dogs. You can tell if they've been beat or not by their previous owner. Because when you stick out your hand to them, they recoil. And then there's the ones that just want love. And I think some of us, we approach God because we've looked at the circumstances in life. And we approach Him with recoil. Afraid He's going to smack the tar out of us. Now, it's not, it doesn't mean that He's not going to correct you. Right? And, and the Bible says... spare the rod harm the child right so so the lord does correct us sometimes the lord does but it's always for your goodness and it's always for your benefit i wasn't spanked as a kid i probably should have been (laughs) there you go all right so psalm 21 27 verses starting with verse one i started and i'm just like wound up The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my defense, is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers come upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, My heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. And then right here, probably my favorite verse in the entire Bible right now, is one thing I've asked from the Lord, that I shall seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble... For, listen to this. Like, listen to this. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. He will conceal me in his presence. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. And now my head will be lifted above my enemies around me. I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing yes. I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice and be gracious to me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, see the Lord, he, he, the Lord's saying, seek my face. And David, he responds, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me. Think the relationships around you have forsaken you because you decided to pursue the things of God. Hmm. Hmm. But the Lord will take me up. Verse 11, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a level path because of my foes. Do not deliver me over to the desire of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen up against me, and such as breathe out violence. Verse 13 I would have despaired, I would have been hopeless unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And in verse 14 Wait for the Lord, be strong. And let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. <laughs> See, my my prayer, my prayers that you start to receive or have started to receive this, this bridal revelation, this, this that you're beloved. Okay. And, and if you haven't gotten it, like I'm I'm not gonna change the subject. I'm just I'm just telling you that. Like this is this is not a this was not a quarter of the year. <laughs> but like because i thought it would be really cool to put something in like that little intimacy with the two chair picture graphic, like that we used to have, like that wasn't something I did because I thought it was a good idea. This is something that I believe the Lord wants to establish in his people. So we don't live our life wondering if he loves you. So we don't live our life thinking that he's going to get tired of me. And and therefore, when he gets tired of me, he's going to move on to someone else, right? This is not anything like that. This, I like, I, I just feel like, Growing up when I was when I was eight, nine, ten years old, we lived out in the country and we had this one of those TVs that weren't flat. <laughs> you guys remember those, right? And they actually had a knob that you had to get up and change the channel, right? It's like the knob has been torn off the channel thing and it's stuck on channel three, right? And it doesn't matter what's on there, you're gonna be forced to watch that very thing. I feel like the Lord is saying, "Do not move beyond being beloved, because everything comes from that." Like I can't properly reach a world for Jesus unless I understand that He loves me. Right? We love because He first loved us. First John four nineteen, and so so we're we're getting rooted in this thing, and I believe the Lord is raising this house up to be a people that just fully is loved by Him and fully loves Him unapologetically. Like, and I, I don't say this, like I mentioned the other, There's the Lord's moving in lots of churches around our city, around our denomination, around our state. And I thank the Lord for that. But I, I can tell you this, I am not looking at them saying, what are they doing well? Maybe I can implement that in our own thing. So that maybe we could experience it. Like, I just don't think that what the Lord's calling us to do. And it's not saying what they're doing is not good. I just believe that's what the Lord is speaking to them, right? It's what the Lord's speaking to them. And I think for us, the Lord's just saying, go after me. Go after me. And like, I just want to be unapologetic about that. <laughs> I just want him I want more moments like we just experienced a few minutes ago because I think if you could really get a revelation of the of that of the tangible goodness of God that he is a real person He's not some abstract, inanimate object in outer space, right? He is a real person on a real throne who actually comes and visits us in tangible ways. And if we have that visitation, right, and we want to actually move on from visitations to habitations, right? But, but when, we, when we experience him in those manners then we will never depart from the faith, or at least that's my prayer. And if we depart from the faith, we'll probably be miserable until we come back to it. Mm. He's, I think he's inviting us into a lifestyle of believing how, I'm just reading this. I used to to try and pretend I wasn't reading verbatim. I'm reading verbatim because I think it's a good quote. They were, the Lord is inviting us into a lifestyle of believing how wildly in love with us he is and how we respond to that love with no reservations. It's like, I solely belong to him, right? That's, that's 1 Peter 2.9, that peripoiesis, right? We're a peculiar people, a chosen generation, right? I don't want to solely belong to him. I don't give a hill of beans what I look like. I just want to belong to him. Now... We're coming into this week of Thanksgiving. We had an amazing time at our house yesterday, I thought, right? It was just a really fun time. It was. Huh? It was tasty. I got the meat and sugar sweats. I mean, it was it was good. And I think if you can get a revelation of being beloved, it actually results in a lifestyle of Thanksgiving. There's so much to be thankful for. That's why David, he's, he's surrounded. <laughs> and I want to sing that song, right? Even though I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. <laughs> but even though he's surrounded, he starts to give thanks to the Lord. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is, my, is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? He's like, look, I have him. It really doesn't matter what's going on around me, right? Because if God be for me, who can be against, right? When evildovers come up upon to devour my flesh, like, he's like, they don't want to just murder me. They want to murder me really dead, <laughs> right? They want to devour him. They actually want to erase any trace of his existence. He says, when they come to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies... They will stumble and fall. Though a host encamp against me that are circled around me, if you will, my heart will not fear. Though a war arise against me in spite of this I shall be confident. And I think the Lord is desiring to raise up a people that's just confident in him. And and confidence in the Lord, it's so easy when everything's going good, right? It's so easy when the job's going well, it's so easy when we have enough money in the bank. It's so easy when there's no sickness in our families, right? It's so easy when we don't have any major your life decisions to make but where the rubber meets the road is where we really begin to find out what we believe or not Hmm. he says you are my light he means you are my dawn right and it's like just before just after it's the darkest that's when the dawn comes he's like you're my dawn lord like i think that picture like like it's really, actually, Mary Kay, she's not here today. Mary Kay takes pictures almost every day when she walks. Morning walks are the best. That's what she puts. And, but she always takes a picture of the sun rising. And I just think that's such a beautiful image of right before it's the darkest, and that sun starts to break forth and bring light to everything. It changes the way everything looks. It changes things. David's like... Even though I'm going through this hell, you are my dawn. You are my dawn. You're not just my light. You're my, you're my sun that's beginning to rise and my salvation, which means you're my help. You're my deliverance. You're my happiness. Not only are you my, my light, not only are you my dawn, you are my salvation. You are my deliverance. I once was held in bondage, right? I once was bound by sin and guilt and shame and anger and depression but you have delivered me. You have set me free. And he begins to say this. And so beloved, I I say this, like when you're going through the ringer, the absolute best thing you can do is say, thank you, Lord. And that's that's why it's so crucial. And that's why I actually think it's so hard because it's easier to say this stinks, (laughs) right? It's easier to get so focused on that stuff. It's easier to get so focused on, this is terrible, this is the worst, I just want to go eat worms, right? You, like, it's so easy to get focused on those things that we forget how good he has been and how faithful he has been day after day after day after day. And so David's like, I'm surrounded by everything. And he didn't even say, he, by the way, he could have started this psalm out like, I'm surrounded by my enemies, he says, no, you are my light and you are my salvation. Then a couple verses later, he gets up. By the way, I'm surrounded by all this junk going on in my life. And I think if we could get a revelation of that and like, it, it's like this, it's like there's be honest, there's some Sunday mornings you come in here and you've had a rough week and you don't feel like praising God. But then something happens, you're like, you know. I'll not be shaken, I'll not be shaken, I'll not be shaken, right? I mean, something begins to shift as you begin to do it, whether you feel like it or not. And and maybe I'm the only one that ever wrestles with that. Maybe you all are really Jesus' second cousin and don't have any issues at all. Okay, But, But there are times where you don't. And that's why David starts this out. He's like, look, you're my light and you're my salvation. And the only way you can do that is if you're rooted in beloved identity. And we said last week, the name David, Dahavid, in the Hebrew means Beloved his name is his identity and he's the one that served god with a purpose in his generation that's why i pray over my son that's what jesus said about him that he'll serve god with a purpose in his generation he's the one who was a man after god's own heart and he had more problems than a three-legged run over dog but yet the lord had his eyes upon him and was moved by him why because he was rooted in belovedness and his belovedness always allowed him to give thanks unto God. And, that's so, and then it's like, well, God feels a long way off, and I'm not going to preach Psalm 100, but, but you guys probably know it because it's every Thanksgiving. You've probably heard a sermon on this, but we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with thanksgiving praise and so it's like he feels a long way off start thanking him he you haven't heard from him for a while start thanking him stop asking him to do stuff and start thanking him for who he is that's why when we have our pre-church prayer time if you will that's why we spend very little time asking god to do stuff except for the last few minutes why because i think that if we could just bless his name and thank him that he's like he's drawn on to it man right I mean, he's drawn to that; he can't resist it. And then it's like he's going to do whatever we need him to do anyway. Now, that doesn't mean you should feel guilty for asking stuff. I just think we need to spend more time thanking him. All right. And the lens of beloved identity is—it's is, it's maintained through this one thing lifestyle. It's this one thing. One thing I've asked from the Lord, one thing that I shall seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. Let me read it from the Passion. Like Christianity is super simple. We just complicate it. It's like We've turned Christianity into like common core math. One plus one equals 18, right? I mean, no. I mean, that's what, that's what we've done. It, it's just one thing. It's him. And it's just him. Let me read from the Passion, the same verse. Here's the one thing I crave from God. I love this. I love this translation. Here's the one thing I crave from God. Here's the one thing I seek above all else. I want the privilege... I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house, finding the sweet loveliness of his face, filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer. God is raising up a people that want him more than anything else. It's like, well, what about provision? What about that? Like, that's Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added unto you. Like, the Lord, like, I rattle verse after verse after verse. The Lord wants a people that this is the most important thing in their life. I'm, I'm telling you, it's like, and there's a lot of things that are important in our life. There's a lot of things that are important in our life, but the only thing that's really of any consequential importance is him. And so it's like when someone calls me and says, I'm wrestling with this, I'm like, well, you know what the answer is. Right. And, and it's like, it never fails me. You all be like, well, what, what do I need to do? I'm like, you just need to seek after God. <laughs> well, my kid's going gone crazy, well, let's just seek after God. Well, I'm struggling with my marriage. Seek after God. Right. <laughs> I, I, I need help in finances. Let's just seek after God. It's, I, I need to be a better, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to, let's just seek after him, right? And the moment he becomes the most important thing in our life is the moment that clarity and revelation starts to come. Like he is not a God of confusion. He is really, really not. I think he's actually pretty clear and, and he's very clear and he wants to talk and he wants to speak. And, and what I have found is the more that we seek him in my own house, and the more we seek him even together, the more he speaks, and the more he brings peace, and the more it's like that's not that big of a deal. He's looking for a people. And not like he's looking for individuals, and the individuals come together and they make a church. It's like, what's this, what's this thing about? This is about a place where the most important person in the church is not a preacher and is not a worship leader and is not a church board member. It is the presence of the living God. And it is, it is hard. It is hard, right? Because it just, it, I'm t- it'd be easy. In my opinion, it'd be easy to sell cheap. It'd be easy. It'd be easy for me to compromise, but I, I don't want to. I can't. I just want to keep going after him. just want to keep going after him. And when it's hard, I want to keep going after him. And I'm just going to believe that, like, that here, here's my thing. I think, like, we're not a seeker-friendly church. We're a seeker-friendly church. And I think if we keep going after him, he'll draw all men unto him. Because that's what his, his word tells us. And I'm going to keep going after him. Well, what if we just made some compromises? And what if we weren't so, you know, what... That's fine. Someone else can do that. I'm not going to. Because I want him. And I want our kids to be raised up in this. It brought me so much joy watching your kids get excited this morning over there looking for stuff. I just want him. Just want him. All right. <sighs> the goal isn't, I wrote this in my notes. I don't, I'll say it. The goal is not to grow a big church, though I want it to grow, and I believe it will grow if we seek after him, okay? I believe that we'll start to see blind, lost, broken, hurting people, not just from transfership from other places, but we will see the Lord bring people that have never stepped foot and have no paradigm for the Lord's goodness, get radically saved and transformed for the gospel if we keep seeking after him, right? All right, the goal isn't to be famous on social media. The goal isn't to have a bunch of nice stuff. The goal is his face, and that is it, right? And what's amazing, like like Old Covenant, Moses went up onto the mountain, right? And he came off, he came off the mountain glowing. And it actually frightened his people, so we cover his face with a veil. And then in the New Testament, Jesus goes up into the mountain, transfiguration, has an encounter with his glory, and it actually made him more attractive to a lost and dying world. I believe the Lord wants to cover us with such a degree of his presence. It actually makes us more attractive, the people, right? And they may not understand why we look different, but again, we share that it's because he's transformed me. He's touched me. It's like I'm in love, and I don't care who knows. That's what he desires to do. Are are you guys, are we awake today? All right. I'm just making sure. Just making sure. His face is it, man. Hmm. The Lord is looking for a people who make him the goal. (laughs) And I say, like, and and again, the, the goal, everything else is secondary. Everything else is secondary. He is the goal. He is the prize, right? He is my joy. He is my strength. He is my all in all. And if I go after him, he takes care of everything else. And and that's what we're wanting to raise up our kids to believe. And that's what we're wanting us to, I think, get talked into or get, let's just, we, we want to get reprogrammed to actually believe that he's the goal, if you will. Hmm. Now, here's, here's, here's actually what I believe that we experienced in worship, is beloved identity actually will begin to cost you something. It'll begin to cost you something. Now, here, here, let me just read the verse, and then we're going to talk, and then we're going to have some fun here in just a second. I'm going to have fun. I think you guys will too. But, but, well, all right, I'll get to it in a second. It's good. It's good because I think stuff's going to fall off. And now my head, verse 6, I'm going to skip ahead. And now my head will be lifted above my enemies around me. It, this, is, this is a picture of when everything in life is hard that the Lord does this. That's right. To make like chin up. That's what that is. It's not why, is my, why am I so downcast on oh, my soul. That's not what the, this is. He lifts my head up. I'm not looking down in guilt, shame, con- he, I am looking up. Because I'm confident I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord. My head will be lifted above my enemies around me. And I will offer in his tent. I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing. Yes, I'll sing praises to the Lord. See, to maintain this lifestyle, it's going to cost you something. And, and very, very uh, uh, practically, it will cost you Friends. It'll cost you relationships, right? It'll cost you jobs, careers. careers. It'll cost you everything, except for you get everything. You, the, the problem is, the problem is this, like, and, and very practically, like, I'm just going to, like, I've told this before, but when we felt like the Lord said plant a church, we had people calling and saying, you're throwing away your career because we were kind of, on a fast track, if you will, for denominational ladder climbing, which makes me sick to my stomach that that's even a thing. <laughs> and, like, and it's like, I boom, kick that ladder out. I don't even know where that ladder is anymore. <laughs> and, but, but I'm saying, like, it is gross. And you can, and like, now I get around some of that stuff and like, I see, I, like, I can sniff them out real quick. It's like, oh, they're trying to climb a ladder. But anyway, like, it, it's cost us Friendships. There used to be people that used to run with us and they're like, you guys take this stuff too seriously. I've had, I've had, I, I, within the last three weeks, I've had pastors send me a message and say, you need to tone it back some because you guys are taking this stuff too serious. And I'm, like, and I'm like, what do you mean taking it too serious? It's like, if it's in here, this is our permission slip to actually believe it could be true in our life, right? And they're saying, you're taking it too serious. Like, it's just gonna cost you stuff. And we have to get to the point where it's like, I don't care what in the world it costs, I'm gonna keep going after him, right? Because when I see, when I see our kids waving these flags up front, right? And when I see them jumping up and down and hopping around, when I see at the altar and hot tears streaming down your face, I'm like, Lord, every sacrifice that I feel like I have ever made is worth it for this very moment, right here and right now. Like that's just where I am. And and so, 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 so it really doesn't matter what has happened, like in our family members like our our, I love my family my family doesn't understand us and I have a family full of Christians and they think we're bonkers sometimes (laughs) and that's okay that's okay. I don't get offended. I really I don't get offended at all. I'm just like, I just want to love him and I'm going to go after him and I'm going to pursue him and I'm going to see him move in my day to day life, right? I'm going to get a seed just like I saw yesterday at Walmart. Some of you heard this story. I was at Walmart yesterday and, and I met eyes with a man right around the cookie. Uh, cookie sheet aisle and met eyes with them. And I just said, God bless you. That's what I said to the dude. And and he was in a wheelchair and he looked at me and I could see tears in his eyes and I should have stopped right there, but I didn't because I was in a hurry. I was in a hurry. We had a bunch of people coming over (laughs) and then I heard, sir, sir, can you pray for me? My holy smokes, Lord, (laughs) Right? And so the guy wheels into the aisle and says, would you pray for me? And he starts telling about his life and he's in a wheelchair and he's like, I have PTSD and, and he says, I'm not right in the head and, and I have, the, I can't remember the ailment he has in his back and his spine, which made it where he can't, hasn't been able to walk in 41 years and, and he starts telling me all this stuff and it's all because he served in the military in Vietnam and, 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 and it's like it's like, my heart was breaking and I'm like weeping over this man as he telling me a story and i'm like well i think god sent me here today so i can talk to you and pray for you and he said i do too and then I put my hand on, and start praying. I didn't tell this part yesterday. He start praying. He said, "I see the Lord right now." Like he saw the visible presence of God. And I don't know. And I'm like, what, "What did he see?" I'm not sure what he saw. If it was angels, if it was the Lord's backside, I don't know. But I know he was having an encounter with the Lord. And he's like, "Man, just one day. I can't wait till I go to heaven because then I'm going to get my legs back and I'm going to walk." And it just—I didn't even think. And I said, "I said, well, how about you want to walk right now?" And he goes, "What do you mean, right now?" I was like, "Well, just stand up." And so the dude stands up out of his wheelchair, and he's having an encounter with the Lord for the first time. And he says, "This is the first time I've stood in forty-one years. This is the first time I've stood in forty-one years." He kept saying that over and over and over. And I wish I could tell you I thought of something really profound to say. And I was just like, Whoo-hoo-hoo! "And like I'm crying, he's crying, and I hug him, and we just had this glorious time in the Lord." His presence right then and there like i want to give my life to that stuff man i don't i, I don't people think i'm loony sometimes it's like if i can see that one time like that 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 right there will carry me for the next 50 years but i also believe the lord's going to allow me to see more and more and more and i'm not going to have to live off that 50 year ago experience right he desires to move in our day-to-day life and this isn't just me. I'm telling, I didn't tell him I was a preacher. I didn't tell him that I'm Johnny whatever. I said, my God is good. That's it, man. He just wants to move. And, and he'll, you'll find yourself in these situations. But you've got to be willing to cost you something. Because in my mind, I'm thinking when I tell him getting up, when I say, well, just get up. Like, I'm glad I didn't think about it. Because, it, because when I start walking out to the car, I was like, "What if he didn't? <laughs> what, right? What if he hadn't? A th- what, what, what if he like? What would I look like then?" And this is a complete stranger. It's like, what does it matter what he thinks, right? What if someone would have walked by? And I'll be honest, like, I don't know how many people, it was like the Lord just stopped that aisle. It was like the Lord, I I felt like the Lord put angels on one end of each aisle and kept people from coming into it, right? Because we're standing there, we're having this encounter. And I can't tell you how many people came about and was like, they started to walk in the aisle. Like, I don't know if I want any part of that. You know, they just kept going. (laughs) They just kept going. And then finally... We're starting to finish up. And then one lady does get in the aisle, but she happened to be a spirit-filled believer. And I say spirit like she was spirit filled. She was like old school holiness Pentecostal lady. Like she's she's praying and she's praying. And then I I start to walk away from that guy. And she she just walks she she walks up to me like she my buggy's right here. And I just I just go and she grabs a hold of me and goes and just starts praying over me and, and like in a way that scared the living daylights out of me. Yeah. (laughs) He's so good. He is so good. Like, it's like, it's not even your reputation that's on the line, man. So here's, here's, here's what I believe that if we're going to experience him, it costs you something. And, and, and so that's why David says this and I'll offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. how was David's head lifted with shouts of joy and he says it's a sacrifice meaning he doesn't really feel like it meaning it's hard for him here's here's what I saw the Lord this morning when I was praying asking the Lord what to share today yes is this like I've been obsessing over Psalm 27 for quite a while And I felt like the Lord said, you need to get your people to shout today. Now, in worship, in worship today, I counted seven times that either you, Taylor, or you said lift up a shout. I don't think you have said that a single time the entire time you all have been here. We've said, we'll say give Jesus praise, right? And then we golf clap for Jesus (laughs) which is okay he likes golf claps but we said that today and then there was like this holy whatever rose up and I felt like the look because I was nervous because I'm going to ask you to shout here in a second I'm just going to go ahead I'm not going to dance around it I'm going to ask a shout for joy here in a minute and some of you are like oh gosh I didn't come here today for that We're not shouting. We don't shout just to shout. We shout because he's done something for you. Now, David shouts for joy in this instance because he's surrounded by his enemy. He's like, I'm surrounded right now, and so I'm going to offer this sacrifice. Of shouting up to you, Lord, because I believe this thing that has a hold of me is going to come off of me the moment I shout. There's some, there's something that happens when you release that to the Lord. There's there's time like like I spent most of my time in prayers in silence. I'm just going to be honest. Most of my time in prayer with the Lord, I'm just quiet before the Lord. Then there's times of intercession. We're having this conversation with Colin. Then there's times I intercede, and when I intercede, I'm not I I like I just talk to the Lord. I don't feel like I have to twist his arm or cajole. I just talk to him. Would you do this, Lord? But then I think there's times where it's like, we need you, and so we're we're going to do this here in just a second. I want you to think of your greatest need. I want you to think of your lost kids. I want you to think of sicknesses in your body, right? Some of you dealing with sickness. I want you to think about your career. I want you to think whatever that need is, what if we stop begging the Lord and what if we got to this point where like this stuff that's weighing me down, I'm going to give this sacrifice of shout. I'm going to give this sacrifice of praise and Thanksgiving and believe it's going to fall off, right? And I, I know I heard the voice of the Lord this morning tell me to get people to do it. And again, I, I was like, I, I've only done something like this one other time, and that was when I was at youth camp this year at teen camp. I got our teens to do this, and I actually quoted, it's Isaiah 60, I think it's Isaiah 64, Isaiah 64, 1, which says, shout for joy, O barren one, right? Right? And and so why would a barren woman shout for joy? Because the barren woman believes she's going to be impregnated and be able to give birth to what the Lord is birthing in her heart. Some of us we need to begin to shout for joy because the enemy has taken our joy. Some of us we need to begin to shout for joy because the enemy has taken wisdom and revelation from you. And you're like, what do I do, God? 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 And the Lord wants to give your joy back. He wants to give answers to prayer. <laughs> oh, I, like I, and I still feel it in the room. Some of you are like, I'm not. I don't know about. It. Yay, Jesus! Right? Come on. And uh, I'm. I'm just telling you. Like this is what I believe. I, I believe this wholeheartedly. And again, you all warmed it up for me during worship today. You did. So I'm like, well, Lord, this is going to be all right. I'm going to like, and like I had this. Uh, it's online. Praise God. I had this thought this morning. As a matter of fact about that, I thought, Lord, you're going to have me count to three and I'm going to shout. And everyone in the church is going to look at me like I have a third eyeball right there in the middle of my head. And they're not going to do this. So there was like fear that even rose up in me for looking like a fool in front of people. But I'm telling you. I'm telling you, David was oppressed. David was going through hell. And he lifted up a shout. And it actually changed his circumstances. And that's why at the end of the... I'm going to stop preaching here in a second. And I'm going to go through the rest of my notes. But that's why at the end of this psalm, he says... I will surely I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And so it's like, how can I give this up to him? Because I'm convinced that I'm going to see my lost child come home. I'm convinced that I'm going to see breakthrough in my finances. I'm convinced that I'm going to see an answer to the sickness in my body. I'm convinced I'm going to see an answer to the sickness in my loved one. Why? Because I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I don't, he's not a God. Listen, he is not a. God that's waiting to chastise you. He is not a God that's waiting to ball you out, right? He's not a God that says, Well, this one time you did this and hold something over your head. He's not fickle like human beings. He's not fickle like people are. He doesn't hold that stuff over. He is good. And yes, he is holy. And yes, he expects his bride to be holy. But it's the kindness, the goodness of God that leads men unto repentance, not the not the meanness of God. The problem is over the last 50 years of American Christianity, we have tried to scare the hell out of people. You better pray the prayer so you don't go to hell. And while there's truth to that, if you die and you don't have him, you will go to hell because hell is a real place. I think that the Lord desires to have a kindness a, a, a kindness revelation released, if you will. It's like, oh my God, I was once lost, but now I'm found. Like that's because of His goodness, right? It's for no other reason. It wasn't because I did this, that, or the other. It was because He was kind and He drew me. That's why in Matthew 11. Oh, man, that's why in Matthew 11, where he says that my my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When he says my yoke is easy, it actually means that my yoke is kind. Come on, that's so stinking. It's the exact same word. It's the exact same word for the that it's the kindness of God that leads men into repentance. When he says his burden is easy, it means his burden is kind, which means that when I come to him, he is not going to thump me unless I have it coming, right? But it's not to punish me. It's to bring me into everything he has intended for me. The problem is, is that we think he wants to do this, that, or the other. Go stand in the corner until you learn to behave. It's like, no. He sends us off to the corner which I think is a picture of the wilderness so that he can call us jealous love I'm spitting all over the place man so <laughs> he sent us off to those places to where we stop depending on everything else and so this is what I see the Lord doing this morning I see the Lord and you can leave this online Jeremy I see the Lord as we begin to release this unto the Lord I see stuff starting to fall off of you Right, you have to want it. I'm gonna say I, going to, I, I, I saw the Lord. And I, I, it's like the Lord speaks. I'm just I'm just gonna say it like sometimes it's hard in this setting because the Lord talks to me. And like I like sometimes I think that there's I don't want you to think that I just know stuff because I know who you are. Like sometimes the Lord just really speaks, okay? And so I saw heaviness and depression lift off of people this morning when I was praying for our church. I saw the difficult seasons coming to an end. It's, it, for some of you, it's like there's been a season holding on to you. And it's like you can't catch your breath. And the Lord's just waiting for us to give a shout of praise and just whew, come off. And it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean it's going to be gone for good. It means it'll be gone for good. But what it means is you may have to do it every day yeah. and continue to walk your salvation out With fear and trembling, right? It's like, he's good, he's good, he's good. Like, I'm going to walk this thing out. Not like, he's good. And like, oh, today he's not so good. Like, that's not what he is. He's just good. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to give the Lord a shout today. And this, will actually, this is going to serve as our prayer. We're going to shout. I'm going to probably pray the house down after that. But this is our activation, if you will. This is it becoming real. Okay? This is it becoming real. Now, <laughs> look. This is it becoming real. Hmm. It'll cost you something, because you're going to be like, what is my neighbor going to say about me? You'll think that. It's like, Who cares? These guys are family, right? These guys are family. Thanks for listening to this week's message. The goal of River City Hope Church is to provide as many resources as we can for free. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to HopeForRiverCity.com. Again, that's Hope, the number four, RiverCity.com.